Welcome everyone to the L7C podcast wrestling edition. Today we are back with a lot of wrestling news since the last time you heard from us. We have our wrestling expert, Mr. Consistent Jacob Mason. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm fantastic, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's I, every time we're like, we got a lot to talk about and it's always the thing. We always have a lot to talk about. Yeah, it's only been two weeks, so a lot of shit happened, especially like right after we got off our last podcast. Yeah, perfect segue. Let's go right into that. As soon as we got <laughs> off of our last podcast, you heard us talking about maybe Paige and Punk at the big um, AEW New Japan joint pay-per-view that's going to be in Chicago. AEW told the L7C, hell no, we're going to announce it right when you get off. So it is going to be Hangman Adam Page versus CM Punk for the AEW World Championship at Double or Nothing in the Paradise Nevada T-Mobile Arena, May 29th. So two weeks away. Yeah, so that's the thing. <laughs> it's a big thing. <laughs> <laughs> so you have CM Punk's first championship match since... Shit, how many years has it been? Uh, his last like one-on-one title match is probably when he had the rematch against The Rock at that Elimination Chamber in 2013. There you go. It's almost been 10 years. Punk's got a championship match. A world championship match. Main title. Main title. Going to be the so, main event. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, we got to make our predictions now because by the time you guys may hear this, it'll be right next to the event, and then we'll be reviewing it. Dude, this is actually really tough because I don't know if it's time for Hangman to lose, but I don't know if you want CM Punk to lose this match clean. Like, this is bad. This is, they kind of booked themselves into a corner. I was thinking the same thing. Th- this one's hard because, but at the same time, it's good because both guys go, if both guys, e- either or I should say, go over, mm-hmm. I- I'm still going to be excited. Yeah. Like me being the AEW mark, I would say that I am. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see, and I'm a massive Adam Page fan also. So, like, I don't want to see Adam lose, but at the same time, if he's going to lose, boy, losing to CM Punk is, I feel like you can't, I feel like you can't lose in that situation. Like you're still going over, even if you lose to Punk. And if you go over on Punk, damn, that really proves the amount of faith that AEW has in Adam Page. No, I hear you. I think my only problem is, is that, they have double or nothing this month at the end of the month. And then next month is a forbidden door pay-per-view, which is going to be bigger than double or nothing. So what? That's why I'm thinking Punk may win, because then he could go into forbidden door, which is at Chicago, Illinois, United Center, legendary wrestling place. He can go in there as the champion. So then right. it's, it's already selling tickets like hotcakes, but you have the hometown kid coming in. First time, like we said, being a champ in over a decade. That that's why I, 
from that standpoint, I think they're going to go punk. But then it's like, does Paige get a rematch? Does he fight someone from New Japan? Like, we still don't know who is getting booked against who in crossover-wise. And I think that's what makes this match so hard to pick. Right. Because, I mean, early predictions for that, who does Punk face? Because you know Punk is going to either start the show or end the show. Yes. Yep. It's it's going to be one of the two. Who's he go against? Like, my first first thought, because we talked about this a few podcasts ago, you know, is Okada. Mm-hmm. Which I think is going to have to be either Daniel Bry- or yeah Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson yep. or CM Punk I think has to face Okada. If CM Punk wins the title uh, in two weeks, he's going last. He's going to close that show. If he doesn't win, then he's going to go first. Exactly. But but if Hangman wins, then who does he wrestle at the Forbidden Door? Because you want him to be your last thing. Because you know, purest champion goes last. I I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we also have the Kenny Omega wild card in there. I mean, as of recording tonight, which is May 18th, <laughs> we do have an AEW show starting up here in about an hour or less than an hour. Correct. And there's the big question of who's the Joker right now. That's what everyone in AEW is talking about. Who's going to face Samoa Joe in this Owen Hart tournament? Right. I mean, could could Kenny make his return tonight? I I could see it. Crowd would go wild for him versus Samoa Joe. They would. They would because at the double or nothing thing, they also have the Owen Hart uh, Cup tournament final for the men's and women's. We don't know who's going to be in there as of yet. They have. Thunder Rosa versus Deeb for the AEW Women's World Championship. And then you have Tony Nice, Smart, uh, and Smart Mark Sterling versus Mr. Hook and Dan Hansen. Dan Hansen, he looks like a freaking vampire. Dude, Dan Hansen is over as fuck. I Hook Hansen is the most over thing in AEW right now. So I can I can see it. I can see it. I haven't Maybe. seen them, but I've been paying attention. I've been watching like punk and all that stuff. Dude, those two guys shaking hands last week on AEW was like the superpowers with Macho Man or Andy Savage <laughs> shaking hands. Like it was like, oh shit. Like I popped for that big time. That is I am sports entertained. That's as funny. I've been liking to say recently. Very sports entertained. But other than that, let's talk about. Let's talk more about AEW Double or Nothing. Okay. Going into this card, you literally have just the the two championship matches in yeah. Hookhausen. Yep. Everything there's there's five matches that's been announced mm-hmm. as of like five minutes ago on the official Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. More stuff will definitely come out once we end the podcast. Absolutely, absolutely, as it, as it always does. <laughs> but <laughs> honestly. Looking at this card, Double or Nothing is a massive pay-per-view. I've always looked forward to it. The CM Punk thing, Hangman Page, that's cool. But really, other than that, and Hookhausen's cool, but is it worth the money right now to spend to get the pay-per-view? The problem is, is it being overshadowed by the next month by Forbidden Draw? Forbidden Door. Forbidden Door, I'm sorry. I said Forbidden Draw. I'm thinking of Eric, 
Eric Bischoff saying CM Punk's not a draw. We'll get to that too. But yeah, is it being overshadowed by Forbidden Door? Dude, I don't know. I feel like the, the promoting certainly could have used. I mean, we, we have two weeks. I'm sure AEW is going to absolutely just kick ass when it comes to promoting and marketing because mm-hmm. they, they pretty much always do. I have no doubt about that. But as I but as we sit here on May 18th at 713, I would not pay for this pay-per-view straight up. Man, I don't know if we'll have the surprises like we did last year. Like last year was, I think, one of the wildest. Is that when Adam Cole and Daniel Bryan came last year? Yeah. Yep. And we had to do an emergency one. <laughs> or was that Or was that, uh, all or nothing? I think it might it have been all, all or nothing. nothing. Yeah, because we tried getting tickets to it, and we couldn't, and I was all pissy. <laughs> <laughs> but... I don't know. AEW is kind of in this weird spot right now. Losing Cody was like this big, massive shock. Yes. Which put more light, I'd say, on WWE than AEW. Because I've been paying attention to the Cody angles of WWE, certainly. They They had a countdown ticker for him on Monday. That's how big he is to the show. Like, they're letting you know when Cody is going to be on. It's crazy. Because every mark is watching. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to know, all right, what's Cody going to do? You know. And we're all waiting for the eventual downfall. It's like, all right, he lost when he wasn't supposed to lose, and now it's over. Yeah. (laughs) We're all waiting. (laughs) Typical WWE booking. Right. And I don't know. AEW, you know. Let's talk about the past here a little bit. AEW coming, you know, when it first started up, white hot. And I feel like them losing Cody just because of the massive shock that it was mm-hmm. has almost kind of, in a slight way, fizzled out AEW, I think. Not in like a bad, like, it's not washable or anything. I just feel like some of the shine came off AEW when Cody left. I think it was a big blow. Like, it was huge. He's one of the people who helped get this off the ground. He's one of the people who was one of the brainchilds of it. And because of the differences and all that, he left. And then he shows up at WWE's biggest event of the year. Sure, we all saw the rumors and all that. But until you actually see it in person, you're just like, oh, my God. Cody Rhodes is really back after everything that happened with the Stardust character, with him fighting to get his name back. And he's back. So that did change AEW. Like, it's just like, wow, if he was able to leave, then like we said, the door literally is open that other people may be coming over. And then you start looking at the people who went over there from WWE who haven't been on TV. Right. I don't remember the last time I saw Mirio. Or like perfect ten, where like who have been of relevance? Yeah, Sean Spears sucks anyway. So I, don't he, get I know, but he still he still went over there. Obviously, you have Adam Cole there, but when Adam Cole left NXT, he was the top dude. Like, yeah. So now he's here, and it's just like, hmm. Yeah, I think that's another problem. That I think the Cody leaving thing certainly overshadowed everything. Yes. It overshadowed, you know, 
Double or Nothing. It mm-hmm. overshadowed Forbidden Door mm-hmm. for now, at least. For now. For now. Two weeks out, anything can change. But I just feel like that massive shock certainly just took the thunder out of AEW. And Cody Rhodes, um, next WWE uh, pay per view, Hell in a Cell in a couple of weeks. Cody Rhodes is the front, he's the poster of it right in the middle, which is crazy. Yeah. I still find it weird. Fucking hell in a cell. I know. It's uh, I don't really. In spring. Yeah, that scheduling was terrible. But I want to talk more about Mr. CM Punk because we're going to stay on the AEW thing because him and Eric Bischoff had a little social media exchange. Um, CM Punk basically telling Bischoff that like the casual fans don't exist anymore and. That one, I wholeheartedly disagree with. What do you think, Jacob? Oh, no, the casual fan is certainly a thing. I mean, it's after WrestleMania, so the casual fan, the, a lot of the casual fans dip in for the road to WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. Roll Rumble to WrestleMania, that's where your casual fans really show up at. Mm-hmm. But you still have your very standard casual fans. Oh, hey, my kid watches wrestling, so every now and then we throw it on or shit like that. So no, like the casual the, fans still real. Yeah. So the quote he said, Punk, wrestling Twitter needs to stop amplifying all the odd, the old head, bad faith, bad take uh, dipshits. They had their moment in the sun. Let them die in the dark with their ego podcast, quote me. And I was just like, where the hell is this coming from? I can't believe Punk was talking about us on the L7C. I, I, I know. <laughs> I know. But then Eric Bischoff, he came back and he's like, how do I define a casual fan? I don't know if there's one definition and everyone will have their own definition. I've always considered casual fans within the context of research as people who drop in once or twice a month and always have. They still like it. If there's nothing going on, and they have some time and they don't have anything else they're really interested in and doing at the moment. That is what he said about the casual fans. And I and I wholeheartedly agree, just like what you said, man. There's a lot of people who just pop in during the Royal Rumble WrestleMania season, pop in a SummerSlam, then they're out, come back in, watch it with their friends. They're not the ones really following it. They have their hardcore friends or they have the l7c podcast to keep them informed on what's going on so they don't have to watch great plug no thank you thank you i was born for the wrestling business but then see him and then eric bischoff he took it to a whole other level he um he's like hey let's look at how punk has delivered since debuting on AEW. august rampage 1.1 million viewers now they're lucky to hit 500k dynamite 1.7 million now they're lucky to bring 900k pretty lame for a guy who thinks he's a bigger deal than scott hall kevin nash and randy savage and dude posted the 18 to 49 viewership graphs and then he kept going he said cm punk he's convinced himself that he can win scripted fights that he could win a real one and then posted when punk got smoked in the ufc dude <laughs> That's cool. Those are some shots. Eric Bischoff bringing the straight heat. Yeah. And it wasn't, I get it. Like, once Punk 
called him out. He's like, all right, I'm going to take this to a next level. I'm going to get the graphs and all that stuff, which I'll be interested to see what the ratings will be if Punk becomes champion in, on Memorial Day weekend. Because yeah. I feel like since he, I do feel like since he's come back, he's only lost once. And now it's to MJF, and now he, and he cheated to win perfect heel fashion. He's only lost once since coming back. But that luster, like when he first came back, it's not, it's not the same. No, it, it's died down for, for certain because, man, when Punk was coming back, like we had a whole blown podcast about it. Mm-hmm. Everyone was tweeting about it. Every, everyone. Grown men and women were crying when he came, when the music hit. Oh, yeah. I mean, you had sports teams. I mean, I forget. I remember, I, I remember you said it. I just can't remember who it was. Was one of the, I think it was a basketball player. So, like, Chicago hasn't been yeah, this, this big since, like, Punk's come bu- coming back or some mm-hmm. shit like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dude, it was I mean, wild. I mean, it was, of course it's going to, I guess, go back to what I said earlier. Of course it's going to lose some of its shine. That's inevitable. But I think this is going to be tough, man, because he hasn't lost clean. I'm going to be very interested in that title match because that's going to decide booking wise for the uh, forbidden forbidden door. Unless they start announcing matches for that too this week. Who I mean, it, yeah, that this this uh, AEW Dynamite that's going to happen tonight. I think it's going to be very interesting. But kind of thinking back to stuff I've said in the past on the podcast, mm-hmm. I. F is going to be champion. Mm-hmm. I'm still sticking to that. That story writes itself with him and Punk. I have MJF never- can be like the only guy. I'm the only guy who's beaten you. Blah 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 blah. Set it up for a big pay per view. Boom. Heal MJF as champion. Take my money. I'll even take it a step further. Opposite end. How long? How long can uh, AEW keep MJF? Mm. I don't I know, see MJF. I know they're just promos about him, you know, like, oh, I could go leave and all that stuff and get a whole bunch of money, which he can't, like, like, how much longer until it's like, you know what? Now with Roman fully embracing the full-time, part-time champ, doing lesser days and stuff, and you want that heel there, how much does WWE is like, hey, how much do you want? I don't see MJF going. I mean, I said this about Cody, too, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see MJF going to WWE because I think MJF just likes doing his own shit. Yeah. And he's not going to be able to cut his vicious promos yeah. that he does in AEW. That's true. At yeah. the same time, when does Miz retire? Because when Miz retires... Send all the money to MJF because there's your cheap heat constantly. Yeah, I agree. Now it's just one of those things where AEW is like, dude, if we don't, if we don't pay people, now we're in that space. If we don't pay people, they could jump ship. I mean, they did just lose uh, Stu Grayson of the Dark Order. They did, which was kind of a shocker, you know, because you saw Evil Uno there. And for those who do not know, they were when they came into 
or before they came into AEW, they were Super Smash Bros. And then they came into AEW and started Dark Order. Jacob, I don't know if you've also saw this rumor. Just one more thing on AEW Double or Nothing that's coming up um, Memorial Day weekend about potentially two new championships debuting. Have you heard about this? Potentially an AEW Trios Championship that Tony Khan's hyping up. I could certainly see the Trios Championship because they have so freaking many trios. So, Everybody's in a faction. It's the American New Japan. But that would that run into one of your things where it's like there's going to be just too many belts and they're going to be playing hot potato? Very well could. I mean... Problem of bringing in all these titles. I mean, after a while, God, I feel like I keep repeating myself, but they're going to lose their shine. You know, I know we're going to talk later about the W or talk about the WWE women's tag belts and how they've lost their shine, but and how they're trying to bring them back and. It's now one of these stories around the world. But, Jacob, you're hitting these segues, man. We're just going to hop into it right now. (laughs) You are hitting these segues. All right. So this past Monday, there was supposed to be a six-pack challenge. Um, Winner was going to fight Bianca at the pay-per-view. Came out of nowhere while you're watching Raw that Sasha Banks and Naomi, WWE Women's Tag Team Champions, walked out of uh, Raw. Gave their title to Laronidas, and they left. And this has been one of the bigger stories. Now it's hit mainstream media. There's Sports Illustrated. Like, it's mainstream now. First, everyone's like, is this a work? Was this for publicity? All of that. Then you see all these different articles coming out. So to piece things together, Sasha and Naomi. Naomi was supposed to win the six-pack challenge and then face Bianca. And then Sasha was going to go face Ronda Rousey at Hell in a Cell. The women, those two, Sasha and Naomi, want to elevate the tag team championships. As we've talked about, they've lost luster. And they're like, we're the champs. Why are we not defending our belts? And apparently it was an argument about creative. They both walked out. And then WWE released a statement in the middle of Raw, which has not been done we had to timestamp it hasn't been done since stone cold walked out and that was 20 plus years ago so jacob what are you thinking about this whole situation and there's a whole bunch of wrestlers who have come everyone's actually been coming more to the support of sasha and naomi sticking up for what they believe in bailey dax cm punk uh swole Britt Baker even was like, hey, maybe one of them's coming over here. Like, everyone is more supporting Sasha and Naomi, even Shayna Baszler, like a lot of people. What are you thinking, Jacob? Because this is, I I got a lot of thoughts. What are you thinking? (laughs) This is, uh, just like everyone else, at first, my first thought was like, oh, this is a work. I still have a little thing of it, but now it's just getting a little crazy. Right. So... I guess now, two days later, mm-hmm. I don't think this is. I don't think this is a work. I, I think. I think this is a shoot. Mm-hmm. 
I know I see a lot of people being like, all right, well, they're going to AEW and whatnot, but that shit ain't happening. Vince McMahon has proven he will never get rid of Sasha Banks. That's already been, that's already been done. Um, what's kind of funny is them walking out brings more light to the women's tag team champions or championship mm-hmm. than anything they've done in the past two years with them. Mm-hmm. This is hands down the biggest thing. I know this is all what people are talking about. And <laughs> I have so many problems. I have more problems with the statement that WWE did in the middle of the freaking show. One, because it came from Corey Graves, and I hate Corey Graves. Um, the other thing is because so because they went off script, but you didn't put out a statement when Golden Girl Charlotte went off script uh, st- uh script through the title of Becky and caused that whole commotion. You didn't go off, you didn't put any statements out, nothing. So, like that that irritates me because that was worse than they she threw the title, ruined the segment. They've had real heat. They're not friends anymore, but that didn't get a statement. But this one did because it felt like obviously WWE was trying to make Sasha and Naomi look bad. And I mean, Sasha Banks was just literally the next day or the day before she was on Kevin Hart's cold as balls thing. And like Sasha Banks is not like we've talked about a hundred times out of the four horsewomen. She is now the most recognizable mainstream one. Yeah, she she doesn't need wrestling. She doesn't, and that's the crazy thing. Right here on Sports Illustrated, Banks is a star with or without WWE, a fact that undoubtedly is not lost on McMahon. Now, here's the real thing, because L7C, we like to connect all of our episodes. Let's say, because I saw this thing, because this guy likes both of them. Let's say he they get rid of Naomi and Sasha. Obviously. They'll be an AEW within two seconds. But you get rid of Naomi, but you never got rid of her husband after all the DUIs and all that stuff. Husband gets mad that you got rid of her. Tribal chief gets mad that you got rid of her because the family thing, because I've seen that like Roman is a big, it came out of an article too. It was like, hey, there's a whole Roman factor because Roman really likes both these people and you got to keep him happy. You mess this up with the family, your match is really not happening. Dwayne ain't coming. Circling yeah. back to that, you get rid of Naomi, you cause a whole family chain, and he's not coming. And then you just lost your WrestleMania main event. And Jacob's been campaigning for this for two years. <laughs> like, there's just too much don't like. I really just don't like that statement, man. I really don't. Yeah, the, listen, I have no doubt they're going to come back. Mm-hmm. They're going to be relevant as shit. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see them. You're going to see those titles absolutely promoted like you've never seen them before. Like they should have been back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I and I for people who have those titles, I we do get tired of all the mid card titles not being promoted. Like the yeah. Intercontinental Championship and U.S. Championship weren't defended at WrestleMania this year. They haven't been defended on a pay-per-view in forever. And that's when you had Finn Balor as a U.S. champ, then you had him lose to Theory, and then now you have Ricochet as the Intercontinental Champ, and he hasn't defended. So it's like 
what are the point of those titles when they're supposed to be on the show every day? They're supposed to be your workhorse and you're not promoting. The tag team championships were made to give, uh, as the old thing was, give Divas a chance. And they got that. And then you weren't doing anything with them. You wanted to split them up to go do other matches. When there are other single ladies on there who could have used that match because both of them were going to lose. They weren't going to beat the champs. Why didn't you have why don't Lacey Evans is back? Why don't you have Lacey go fight Ronda? Why don't you have Lacey go fight Bianca? That would have been perfect for Bliss and Lacey. They both came back, established them as big pieces. Title matches, first time back. Yeah. I was, and that's and that's one of those things with the Sasha thing, more with her. Is so Charlotte's gone because she's gonna get married this month. Congratulations to them. But we resort back to the four horsewomen relying on. There are other women right there. Sasha and Naomi did not need to be split to, to do that at Hell in a Cell. Yeah. And nothing made sense of why you would even throw them into this match. It nope. should have just been a fatal four-way. And, that, and ended at that. Well, it's going to be a six-pack challenge. And here's the other thing about it. It was supposed to be a six-pack challenge. So then Naomi and Sasha walked out. That's still four. They took the other two girls out, and they just made it Becky and Anaska. So why didn't you, like you said, leave it a four? WWE logic, I guess. I mean, it's... Dude, they got to be careful, man, because with the Naomi connections to the bloodline and all of that and Sasha being a mainstream star with Disney, who connecting to other podcasts was one of the people you said might buy WWE. You don't want one of their employees that you have saying, I don't know if you should there. You don't want that bad taste, which also side note, the rock and XFL just signed a deal with ESPN and Disney. That's a big deal. Well, isn't Sasha also in the Mandalorian? Yes. Yeah. She's on one of their shows. She has action figures. Multiple. Multiple. <laughs> like She's in the go, multiverse. Basically, you could go and go buy the Sasha Banks. There are some people who don't even know she is Sasha Banks. They know her for her Mandalorian character. Yeah. So this is, this is tricky, man. I just don't like the way this hasn't been really seen since like the Stone Cold walking out. Obviously, you had the curtain call. But it's also like there was no press. Also, in another example, when Brock Lesnar came out of WrestleMania 34, freaking pissed, threw the title at Vince and walked out. Nothing. Right. But I this feel like time, I feel I mean, does WWE just make statements like when it affects the main event of sh- like shit? Because I well, can like specifically, I can only think of three times. This happening in wrestling history. Stone Cold walking the, out. Stone Cold, the Sasha, Naomi thing, and ECW back in the day. Mm, I thought you were going to When uh, Sabu just no-showed. Uh, Paul Heyman went out there. He was supposed to team with Taz. And mm. Paul Heyman went out there and basically, well, he fired him right on right, right at the beginning of the show. It's the only three times I can remember this happening. I thought you were even going to go even curtain call when they did something they weren't supposed to do. And obviously the two left, Sean was champ. He wasn't getting punished. But then Triple H had to be the one to eat it all. Yeah, but that wasn't like, that was after the show. That was after air. 
there's only like one piece of film of that that's circulating. That's true. That's true. But I, this is this is wild. This is so wild, man. Because this has not been a walk up. But it's a kudos to them. I mean, they want to elevate the titles. That the title should be elevated. There's, if you have a title, you should be on the cards defending your titles. Yeah. Not just some throwaway like it was. Like no offense to them, but the last chance for Selena Vega, the freaking Carmella, and they didn't do anything. Yeah, I mean, they're Naomi and Sasha are the most relevant champ tag team champions you've had in years. Yeah, I, yeah, man. It's, and even just looking at the last pay per view, uh, there was no mid card titles. So there was no mid card titles. The only titles defended were. Rousey and Flair and the no, that was the only title because the bloodline was a tag match. There was only one title defended on the last pay-per-view. Like, why are you watching if there's no title? Like, how did Mancat Moss and Happy Corbin get on the card instead of your champions? And let's be real, this shit would have never happened back in the day when it was a pay-per-view style buy. Because no one would have bought the pay-per-view. That's another good... Man, you're just rolling in the freaking segues into it. Because that was another thing. An article came out. It's like, WWE really doesn't have to, like, quote-unquote, try. Because with these streaming stuff, the money's already guaranteed. Yeah. You're already getting paid from uh, Peacock and all the other stuff. So it's like, why try? It's it's the equivalent of... You know, preseason NFL or right before the playoffs in basketball. If you know you're in, I'm yeah. not. I'm not going to waste LeBron. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to take a chance. It's, it's just backlash. No one gives a shit. Eh, we'll throw one person on there. Here's here's Rousey. Yeah, try and get some casual fans. You're right. Guaranteed money from Peacock changed their booking stuff. Uh, they used to put on the best shows as possible for their pay per view events. And now, since they have that huge money thing, they're just like, eh, we don't have to. We just have to, like, you know, WrestleMania. And some, and WrestleMania Day 1, past two years, have been a hell of a lot better than WrestleMania Day 2. But if I'm Peacock, I mean, all they got to say is, like, look, dude, this stuff can't be ass every month. Because that you had some good matches. At, I mean, obviously, Cody and Seth were the best match on Backlash. but And I did like the RK Bro Roman stuff, but... You got to put more stuff because you're right. If this was pay-per-view buys, this wouldn't be happening. I mean, take take UFC, for example. I mean, you can you can see when their pay-per-views go to shit, mm-hmm. no one buys. Yep. But you can see when their pay-per-views are hype, they make all the money. Yep. Uh, yeah. Which That's... I'm not complaining about not ha- like the, the $9.99 you pay to watch it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm glad they do that, but at the same time, like I still expect quality. Mm-hmm. I agree, man. It's it's some shit. We're gonna really have to follow it. It looks like they've taken them off the live event, so obviously they're not gonna be in hell in a cell. They weren't even gonna. We'll see what they do. We will see. see when, when they come back, I mean, like I said, it's going to be the best thing for. Literally all parties involved. Like Vince should be sitting back laughing right now, just getting ready to count the money. Yeah. 
they'll be they're going to come back. They're going to be over as hell, and you're going to have some titles that are more relevant than they were before because absolutely, <laughs> funny enough, because they didn't get wrestled about. Yeah, they're going to be so much more relevant. Which is a problem with WWE's booking because if we've talked about creating newer stars and all that, if people are getting more over because of this controversy and not what they're doing in the ring, you have a problem. But, I don't know, man. We're going to have to wait and see. Speaking of Backlash, did you like anything from Backlash? Not particularly. I'll be completely honest with you. I forgot Backlash was happening. <laughs> I caught I like, I like caught all the highlights and stuff. Because I'm not wa- I wasn't watching all that pay-per-view. There was, there was nothing really in that pay-per-view that made me go like, oh, hell yeah, I want to spend three hours of my day off to watch this shit i think I like, oh the- yeah backlash is happening i think you guys were like posting about it in the group chat i'm like oh yeah backlash yeah I, I mean they started off with cody and seth and that was a really good match Meltzer gave them another 4.5 stars ron and charlotte like when ronda made her quit my biggest problem with that is if charlotte why didn't you just have this happen at wrestlemania i don't know because i mean i guess i guess make charlotte look strong because you know she's your long-term player true but it's just i guess but i guess we also need to have a charlotte countdown ticker because i don't know which podcast we said last year but we were actually seriously debating if she could get to 16 this year so she just lost she's gonna get it back this is and we're in may summer saying she comes back after getting married wins it from uh ronda then she can be like, I'm the only woman who beat Ronda Rousey twice. So we're in the territory now. Bloodline and Drew versus RK. Bloodline versus Drew and RK, bro. I mean, the Randy Orton spot when he caught Roman Reigns Superman punch to an RKO, that, that was good. And it's just like, we've talked about Randy Orton. When he tries, it's, it's night and freaking day when he's engaged. Oh, 100. Now, here, I was confused about this. Mm-hmm. Now, correct me if I got lost somewhere in the storylines or translations or just the monotonous weekly shit. Weren't the titles supposed to be defended on, or it was going to be a unification on yes. Backlash? It was supposed to be, and then Roman showed up, ripped the contract, stuffed it in RK Bro's mouth. Drew came, then Paul Heyman was like, let's just do a six man champion, like a six tag, six man tag team. So then this Friday. What in the Teddy Long bullshit is this? Well, Teddy Long would have told him just for ripping that thing, you got a one-on-one match with the Undertaker player. That's what he would have said. But <laughs> apparently now this Friday, uh, the Usos and RK Bro are supposed to fight for the titles. Unification. I don't know if that's going to go through. Is Riddle kicked Roman in the face. And if people remember, Riddle and Roman had heat backstage back in the day. So that was funny. Sorry, Roman. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't think that's going to happen because I did see an article that Fox doesn't want this like joint stuff. They want like exclusive stuff unless it's Roman. But mark my words, this is going to be one of these things where like that storyline never happened. We were never going oh, to get the Jesus. That's going to Fucking be. WWE logic, dude. Our fans are complete idiots. That is true. But you know who has worse WWE logic, maybe? Rick freaking Flair. Rick Flair wants to get back in the ring one final time in July. Rick Flair, who is 
73 years old, wants to perform one last match July 31st. He's going to step into the ring at the Nashville Fairgrounds on an independent card that will stream live on Fight TV. What is he doing? Listen, man. Divorces and child support ain't cheap. <laughs> what do you mean? And, Lacey, Lacey and he just got his divorce. Support. And Lacey, he is Lacey Evans' baby's daddy. <laughs> Kayfabe's still real, damn it. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Funny enough, I had a guy come up to me at work today. Mm-hmm. All right. And he went, came up, slapped me in the chest and gave me a woo. He goes, well, what do you think? Who's coming back? I'm like, yeah, of course Charlotte's going to be coming back. Because that's exactly what I thought he was thinking. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. I thought he was a casual. Oh, no. He's a hard yeah, I knew it was like Ric Flair's coming back, baby. And I'm like, shit, I didn't think you knew that. All right. Yeah, let's talk about it. It was kind of funny that we're talking about it tonight. But I don't know. Ric Flair needs that money, I guess. I'm, I would love to know his payday, though. What's Rick making? It's an indie show. It can't be. Unless he Hulk Hogan's WCW and he gets everyone else's purse. Who else, I mean, who else are they going to be able to afford to have on the card? A couple local talents, which, hey, local talents, that ain't a dig on you. But, like, when it comes to how much you're making per appearance, Dude. come on. <laughs> This is wild, man, because just in 2017, he had bowel surgery. He had kidney failure. He had dialysis treatment. He was about to die. Yeah, we all thought he was going to die. I did. I thought he was going to die, and he survived. And here we are five years later. He wants to get in the ring at 73. Dude, you're a a two-time Hall of Famer. You're a 16-time world champ. Your your freaking daughter is like the t- the top of the game right now. She you don't need the money. She's got you. Like this is dangerous. What happens if he dies in this match? Because then we have to come right on. Honestly, that might be the most Ric Flair thing ever. Like if Ric Flair is going to go out, he's got two options: he's going to die in the ring, or he's going to die in a hotel surrounded by women and cocaine. That's your options with Ric Flair. And it's funny, this Ric Flair pay-per-view on Fight TV is the day after SummerSlam. Just for Are they saying how much the pay-per-view is? Uh, oh, they have not said how much the pay-per-view is right now on ESPN. I mean, I wonder if he's getting pay-per-view buys. I wonder if that's if that's how they're affording him. Because people people still tune in to see if like literally. This is like a stunt show. This is like an I, evil Knievel thing. Like, are, is he going to live or die through this? I have something for you right now. Tickets and pay-per-view stream will go on sale May 27th, next Friday at noon. So we're going to have to be on the lookout for that, guys. And we're definitely going to be on the lookout for that as well. Uh, last couple of things. we got to bring her up, man. Tessa Blanchard, she burned another bridge in pro wrestling. Dude, is she done? No. no, no, because her spirit will always live on through the L7C. Like she's beyond <laughs> nuclear now. This is how bad it is. Like, what are, what are we doing here? Like, what is wrong with her? All right. Well, what's the story behind it? 
Um, for all those who don't know. Let's see. Every, every, honestly, if you've been listening to us, she got released from Impact Wrestling in 2020 after no showing events for the year, for a year as well. Uh, let's see. Started working on the WOW Women of Wrestling, but she had a recent fallout recently. Meltzer said that it's a belief that Tessa Blanchard's time with WOW has come to an end and she has burned yet another bridge in pro wrestling. I mean, and then of course, Blanchard is regarded nuclear apparently, but I know by WWE, but by potentially AEW, it's no, it's unknown where she'll end up. If anything, she hasn't tried OnlyFans yet, right from ringside news. I mean, if anything, I think this brings up more of the where's Tessa going conversation that we always th- just sprinkle in like personally because she's a free agent now. Mm-hmm. She's not exclusively with women of wrestling, mm-hmm. which brings up. I mean, you have stardom over in Japan, but I feel like she's going to go for big money. Mm-hmm. Does she want big money or does she want creative freedom? I think when you get to a point in your career, you want the creative freedom if you've already made the money. But has she made the money? That's a good question. I... She hasn't made that WWE money. She hasn't. She's That's... made some big indie money, but not WWE money. But do they take a chance on her? Hell yeah, they take a chance on her. I think everyone's still going to take a chance on Tessa Blanchard. I think, oh man, this is hard. I, I, I don't know, man. You can't. Re- I don't know how you repackage that. Doesn't matter. It's Tessa. She's going to be a draw. The, the only way she comes on is. If Mr. Men fences, Triple H is the one who gets her to come. He would be the one. He's always the one who gets these people to come now. I mean, but she hasn't pissed off WWE. Yeah, but she's going to be the one who has to talk to the the board of directors like, hey, we should do this. Because he's got to be the voucher. I mean... I'm surprised you're saying the WWE and not AEW, though. Well, I, I, I could just see Big Money Vince wanting to just throw out that money to keep her from going to AEW. But wouldn't AEW? But at the same time, I could see Vince playing 4D chess and be like, send her to AEW. Mm-hmm. If she's, let's see how she does over there, because you know they're watching. Yeah. And if it works out, but her contract's up, we just throw the bank at her and call it a day. And if she flames out, oh, it worked out. I mean, because I would, as much as I don't like Charlotte, I would, I, I want to watch the Charlotte versus Tessa Blanchard match. That That's a main event. That is money. I mean, Charlotte against any of them. I mean, not Charlotte. Tessa against any of those main girls is money. I mean, you just have that four horsewoman by, or four horsemen, not four horsewoman. It's oh. weird. Saying that, yeah, the round robin, just like just what Bianca is doing right now. Well, like no, because I'm just saying, like the four horsemen, because you have the you have the flair and you have the Blanchard connection. Mm, Yes, that's man, yeah, they could use old footage in those promos. Oh yeah, which would be weird considering 
Rick and Tully are out of a or WWE, but yeah, they still own all those videos, so they can show it. You'd be like, oh. no, my dad was the best in the Four Horsemen. They'll bring them no, back. My dad man. was. They'll, they'll bring them back. Anything's possible. A freaking Steiner Bros just got in the Hall of Fame last year. Money talks. Oh yeah. I mean, it's that that that's an easy storyline. That's your easiest storyline without even thinking about it. Uh, other thing is your boy Braun Strowman, who this article is terrible. Ninety-seven point one, the ticket. Braun Strowman and EC three were two of the biggest figuratively and literally in the WWE. 97.1 the ticket, you can tell you do not watch WWE because EC3 was nothing out of NXT. Braun Strowman will give you that. He was huge. Now they've moved on and they're trying to open a wrestling promotion heading to Metro Detroit. Dude, where are these people getting this money to open promotions? Well, all right, so they have control control your narrative, mm-hmm. which we've talked about a couple of times, I think, on yep. here. And they just do, like, they've had shows in Dallas and they're doing the show in Detroit. It is absolutely hilarious to hear them talk about. I mean, I get it. It's a newspaper trying to do promotional work for a show that's coming. I get it. They're going to try and pump it up. They obviously don't listen to the L7C. (laughs) But where do they get the money from? I mean, I don't think it'd be hard to get some investors. I mean, I look at I look at a lot of these indie shows, like local ones, and it's like, man, how do you guys get this money? Then you like see their sponsor list, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, like one of the uh, Remix Pro Wrestling. That's a big one down south of Marietta. Mm-hmm. They put on a show like once, maybe twice a year, and they bring in some absolute bangers of wrestling people in there, like top indie talent. And their but their sponsor list is just absolutely massive. Hell, I just I just seen on their Facebook today they just posted for, do you want to be a sponsor? Do you want your name on this ringside apron? Well, Jacob, you should be like, hmm, how much does it cost? Because the L seven C might want our names on this thing. I mean, I I can message them. (laughs) Might as well find out. We got we got some money in the account. We got some. And speaking of. Money, last thing, because we brought up Tessa, and I, we can't leave her out. Apparently, coming soon on 520, exclusive content from CJ Perry, a.k.a. Lana. God bless it. I mean, all right, let's go back to it. Let's tie back in old episodes, because we, L7C, rub the crystal ball, we predict the future. <laughs> it was you, Martin. It was you that called this. Oh yeah. On on the episode of the infamous third party ban. Mm-hmm. And you asked the question, who does the OnlyFans first? Is it Lana? Time has come. Yeah. Lana's now an OnlyFans. Yeah, and it, debuting and everything. And she's not the first, but she is finally doing it. You did call that. Yeah. And she's gonna make more money on that probably than she did in WWE times three. Easily. But, easily but jacob anything else man and this is an action-packed episode it's right about to be eight o'clock which means things are about to happen <laughs> yeah yeah so uh let me let me see what oh oh yeah let's talk about did you watch the did you watch the stone cold uh stone cold slash and so cody Rhodes? yes 
that's the best one I've seen in a long time. I mean, his, his things are always good, minus the Dean Ambrose interview he had. Mm-hmm. But I was shocked. I was shocked they brought up frequently AEW. I mean, when he had Jericho on there, he brought it up. Yeah, but I don't know. I With Cody, I'm almost shocked they did. But at the same time, how do you talk about the story of Cody Rhodes without talking about AEW? Yeah, and, and it always brings eyeballs. I remember the very first Stone Cold podcast a long time ago on the young WWE Network where Stone Cold's like, so do you want to talk about CM Punk to Vince McMahon? And everyone just was like, Oh, we're doing this? So Stone Cold's allowed to do what he wants. He's obviously earned that right. But no, man, it's it's something. Cody Rhodes, let's keep building. I can't wait till we're previewing the Cody Rhodes for someone for the big title. And oh, oh, oh Lord. I mean, they're booking him to be the guy. And if Roman Reigns doesn't want to work as much anymore. But He's going to want to take some time off here soon. Oh, oh yeah. not soon. Give it a year. Yeah. But yeah. Anything else, man? No, nah, I mean, that is the wrestling news for the past two weeks right there. That really is. And with that being said, thank you, everyone, for listening to the L7C podcast. Remember, big AEW pay-per-view coming up in two weeks on the 29th. So the day before Memorial Day. So Memorial Day weekend, yeah, the whole thing, get ready for that. When that is over and the next couple of days after, Jacob and I will be back giving you updates on Sasha Naomi. What's WWE doing? Did Punk win? If he wins, what does that mean? We're going to give you all those updates. And with that being said, this is the L7C Podcast signing out. Thank you for listening to this episode of the L7C Podcast. Be sure to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the channel. Follow us on all social media platforms, and we'll be talking to you guys soon. Take care.